Hi, I'm Tanisha, and I'm going to teach you how to not go broke trying to diversify your investment portfolio, specifically with crypto and NFTs. I'm very excited to say that this podcast is brought to you in partnership with Lemonade Finance. If you don't know already, Lemonade is the platform I have been partnering with for over a year now, and they are doing the damn thing when it comes to sending money internationally. Lemonade is a mobile app that allows users in Canada and the UK to send money to Ghana, Nigeria, Ivory Coast, Senegal, Benin, Cameroon, Tanzania, Rwanda, and Kenya at zero fee. Yes, I said zero fee. And not only are there no fees, but the transfers are sent in minutes. People I've sent money to in Nigeria have received funds in just one or two minutes. It's really quick. You can use my referral code XORENI to sign up. And if you're in Canada, you'll get 10% cash back when you make a single transfer of 100 Canadian dollars or more to supported African countries. If you're in the UK, you'll get 10% cash back capped at 50 pounds when you make a single transfer of 100 pounds or more to supported African countries. And if you're not in Canada or the UK, don't worry, I didn't forget you. They are growing rapidly and will likely be in your country soon. Again, if you want to sign up, you can use my code or you can use the link in the show notes. Now, let's get back to this week's episode. So hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Don't Go Broke Trying. I'm your host, Renny, and as you heard in the intro, today we're gonna to be talking about crypto and investing and all that good stuff that I know you all love. I have a very special guest on the podcast today, and her name is Tanisha. Hi, Tanisha. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Right now, just so you guys know, I just want you to know, it's, <laughs> it's about 1 a.m. right now, so if we sound a little loopy, that is why, but Tanisha flew in from Winnipeg, and I was like, I need this opportunity to interview her, because I've been following her on Instagram, on TikTok for a while and I was like I need this opportunity I'm not gonna pass it up so Let's get it. <laughs> yeah thank you so much for being here how are you feeling I well this press is kicking in okay. right now I feel good and likewise like I'm pretty sure you were probably one of the first kind of like financial girls I started following mm -hmm. and like we connected so kind of sitting with you here today is just coming full circle in a yes. way so I'm excited it's also my first kind of content creator to content creator collab Ooh. which is like needs to go down in the book I'm so, honored thank yes, you I'm absolutely. Honored. outside of work but yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so and we're gonna talk about her work too she has she does very cool things yeah. um so but Tanisha graduated with $40,000 in student debt and then you built a six-figure portfolio yeah investing portfolio yeah amazing yeah. and now you create free educational content online on yes. tiktok on youtube yes. anything else that i missed in this intro um starting twitter oh nice yeah twitter is a good place to grow your your platform twitter is good for crypto crypto yes, and NFTs. the crypto bros are there they're there yeah. the crypto girls are there the really the i don't see it i don't see them oh they're there oh. nft girls they're there mm. oh yeah i don't know anything about nfts but it's okay, we'll get into yeah. it. Let's get into it. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. I start off all my podcasts with a Renny rated segment, okay. and this is essentially when I ask you what you're currently liking right now. So Renny rated are products that I love, I stand. So what are you currently liking? It doesn't need to be a product. It can be a song. It can be a person. It can be anything you, you want. Okay. Um, do you know that Chris Brown song that's kind of trending on TikTok right now? I don't. No? <laughs> can I play it? Sure, go okay. ahead. <laughs> 
Okay, I gotta find this, you guys. I don't know. I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm kind of just a follower okay. in that regard. Like, I'm never gonna. I usually just don't go like take the time to find new things. They just come to me, and I'm like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, but this one, you have to have seen it. I don't think nothing. This is Chris Brown. This is with kids so far. Chris Brown's about to start too. Oh, I haven't heard it. You know what? I listen to podcasts all the time. Music and I, we, I, I don't listen to music. It's embarrassing. That's yes. okay. Neither do I. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It just oh, popped so up on TikTok. Yeah, and I was okay. like, it's a vibe. It's for me. Makes sense. That's okay, it. so. We want to give a disclaimer. This is not financial advice. We are simply sharing our experiences and giving our opinions on what all the questions that I'm going to ask today. Okay, so I always like to start off by in you introducing yourself and telling us about your childhood. So how did you grow up? What was your first memory of money and things like that? Sure. Um, so I grew up in a lovely town city called Winnipeg, Manitoba, dead smack. <laughs> lovely. <laughs> the lovely Winterpeg, dead smack in the, in the center of Canada. Um, everything was all good and fine. And actually I spent my entire life playing basketball. Oh. Um, so I grew up with a single mother, um, basketball was something like we bonded about, we, um, I think that's really where I got my work ethic from. Mm -hmm. um, it really started with basketball and academics. And um, actually ended up going to the States on a basketball scholarship and for high school as well oh, as... Even uh, high school. Yeah, wow. even high school. Went to a boarding school in Virginia. I think our team was top 30 in the U.S. for, high for okay. obviously high school girls. Nice. Um, and then I got a Division One scholarship to play as well. Wow. Um, so really money at that point wasn't so much a factor because um, like I had my mom, we're super close, got scholarships. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really when I came back because I had to stop playing basketball due to injuries. I came back to Canada and um, had to start paying for university. I was mm -hmm. like, Ooh, what is this? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Pay for what? Like, and my mom, like, obviously I was, I was past the age of 18 at that point. My mom was just like, girl like Pay. you got this yeah. <laughs> you got this I'm gonna support you but not financially like you got this because at the end of the day she raised me mm -hmm. right she doesn't need to support me past that age and that's kind of how all uh, myself and my brothers grew up as well so I was like okay so you know you find your scholarships you find your grants whatever the case may be mm -hmm. I think you know, I, I didn't really know how to manage money at that point as well. So some grants I got, you know, I'd go on trips. Yeah. And I, I would, With your grant money. I was like, grant money, we out here. Like, so grant money was used for everything except education at some point. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, I know you guys don't act like you're not in the same boat because I know you are. Anyway, so there was a little bit of that. But then, of course, there was paying for school. Mm -hmm. um, I was a pre-med student. Oh. It was a lot of books. It was a lot of studying. I took the MCAT. Things are kind of expensive when you're in that field. Yeah. Regardless, um, graduated with about $40,000 in student debt. And, um, yeah, started working in oil and gas. Doing and what? If you were in the, if you were going to med school, uh, what, yeah. what, were you what were you doing in oil and gas? Yeah, so graduated pre-medicine, took the MCAT, um, and decided to take a gap year. Because uh, if there's one thing you know about pre-med and medicine, it is stressful. Mm -hmm. 
Um, decided to take a gap year. My brother, uh, my oldest brother is an engineer, so he said, come to Sarnia, an hour away from London. Yeah, come, fun. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. Well, <laughs> Chemical Valley, it's not that fun. Um, but he's like, come to Sarnia, make some money, right? We make bank out here because mm-hmm. it's Chemical Valley, um, Valley. All the chemical plants are out there. Um, oil plant, like the whole nine yards. Um, so I went for probably six months um, and started working at a nitrogen processing plant on contract and I was a cost controller. Oh. And it was, I've always been very good at math and like statistics and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was a cost controller and I, I think my wage was like probably just $20, $21, which is super exciting then. Mm-hmm. And even I think now when you first graduate, I think that's a great wage mm-hmm. to start out at. Mm-hmm. Um, got a lot of overtime and then I just decided like, okay, let me use this. Wasn't paying much rent or any at all, actually. Let me use this, pay off, start trying to pay off my debt. And through working in, in the nitrogen processing plant for that maybe six month period, I started learning about like fly, fly in, fly out jobs. Okay. What's that? So it's another kind of oil and gas um, or like kind of energy industry term where you fly into work or your work site, you stay there for maybe 14, 21 days. Mm -hmm. If it's offshore, maybe you're staying out there for 30 days and then you have about seven, 14 days off. Okay. So usually the appeal with fly in, fly out or FIFO is um, one, because you're staying there, you don't have any bills. So they cover your accommodations, uh, they cover your food, and you're hourly. Mm. So it's it's pure overtime. So um, I actually doubled my wage going there right after. My base kind of wage um, and had the same amount of overtime as I did regular time every single paycheck. Wow. So that was wow. my, yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty big change for me mm-hmm. pretty m- right away because I went from basically making no money um, with debt to making six figures. Yeah, quickly. Quickly. Mm-hmm. And I had no I like I had no idea what I was meant to be doing with this funds. Of course, no one teaches us. Nobody right? teaches us. So you know what I did? <laughs> I went out some chips, girl. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, look, I can afford whatever I want. Um, let's travel. Let's travel. Let's mm-hmm. get it. And then I realized none of my friends could afford to travel. Oh, yeah. 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 So, you know, so my mom was like, look, you're spending too much. You're you're not, you don't have any money. You're making this much. Like, you need to get this together. Mm. So uh, she sent me kind of in a way to a, a wealth management firm. Okay. And so, Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, is your mom, would you say your mom's financially literate? Yes and no. She's not so strict on it for herself mm-hmm. or us. Again, like she she did raise three kids on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say like base kind of level, yes. Okay. But she, she knew enough to send you to tell you like you're doing things wrong. Go to an expert. Hundred percent. Okay. But to say to sit me down and say, look, these are X Y Z investing strategies, and it wasn't all that. Yeah. So it was, you need to go pay somebody. Mm-hmm. Just just do it. Just go pay somebody for a little bit. You need help. Um, and then once you learn it on your own, maybe start self-directed. Mm-hmm. But you need to go, and you need to go ASAP. Mm-hmm. So I definitely thank her for that. Yeah. yeah. What, a good, what a good thing for her to do. And how did that go when you got to the wealth management firm? 
Yeah, so a lot of people, and what I think you guys will see online too, and maybe you can relate to this, but a lot of what you see is self-directed. Yeah, right. pretty much all of it. Yeah. Everything, like everyone's like, I did this with my portfolio, but the realism is a lot of those people are getting scammed. <laughs> they're losing money. Yeah. They're selling too quickly. They have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. With a wealth management firm, you're paying kind of a percentage of your monthly balance to this firm mm-hmm. um, to, of course, manage your portfolio for you. Um, but you can meet with them whenever, right? You set your goals. They teach you, you know, some of that portion of financial education that you're looking for, some common terms, ter- terminology that you can then go home and research. Mm-hmm. Um so the best part for me, though, was actually setting up auto contributions with them. Yeah. Once my money was sent, I wasn't really getting it back. Not because they wouldn't give it back, but I wasn't about to go to my advisor and be yeah. like, hey. Hey, I need $1,000, yeah. 2000 Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. You have to fill out forms. Yeah. You got to do the most. So, yeah, it was good. It got me on track. It, you're only as good as your systems. Mm-hmm. And that allowed me to develop systems which is invaluable for sure yeah and then when did you transition to self-directed uh actually probably probably mid last year i started building a portfolio in addition to what i was contributing um so just for some reference i was contributing about 50 60 percent of my income while i was in oil and gas Mm -hmm. um so i reduced some of my portion to this wealth management form uh, reallocated okay. to self-directed mm-hmm. which wasn't much though um and now that i am of course a lot more financially literate um a hundred percent of new contributions are self-directed okay nice yeah so do you, did you just keep the money with the wealth? Correct. okay yeah okay why didn't you decide to take it out and then self-direct that as well at the moment i i don't really need to mm-hmm. i guess and especially with where the market is now, I would probably break even okay. removing it. Okay. The fees and things like that? Or what do you... Not Oh, you mean how the market's down. How the market okay. is, right? Fair enough. So, yeah, of course, I can move. And, and I thought about it a lot, actually. But I don't know. I just... I also have incoming... Yeah. Income. Yeah. So... Might as well just leave it there. Let it grow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it seems like investing was a key part of this strategy of building your wealth. So how did, or how did you learn how to self self direct invest? Self directed right. invest. What's the correct terminology? So, like self directed investing. How did how did you learn how to invest by yourself? Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I let me try and think if I can remember when I first was like, nah, I want to do it on my own. I think. I don't, I don't even know. I think it was the fee that got me one day mm. that I was paying. Like, I was like, I got money now, yeah. right? Kind of getting up there. And I feel like I need to start trying to make my money work for me. So actually, the first stock I bought was a company called, I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. Don't invest in it whatsoever, please, because <laughs> this is not financial advice. Yeah. It was called Lightspeed. Okay, I've heard it, yeah. Right, you've heard of it? Okay, mm-hmm. are you invest? I know, I'm oh. not. Okay, I'm currently still invested in it. Okay. I could, that's a story time, whatever. <laughs> um, but it was called Lightspeed, and I got it from, I think, some, like, guy off Twitter. Okay. Don't, again, <laughs> this is not, like, I was first starting, right? Yeah. So, 
I teach otherwise now. Uh, anyway, it did very well for me. But the moral of the story, I invested in something that I related to because mm -hmm. at the time I was a retail manager okay. in oil and gas or um, and light speed is POS systems, point of sale systems. Mm -hmm. So I, I found a project that I related to. I could understand their business model, their revenue model. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was a good start. Getting it from Twitter, I'm not really sure. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that's how I started. And then I know you also are big in into crypto. Yeah. So how did, how did you start? Actually, let's tell us what crypto is. Sure. Because I feel like most people don't know what crypto is at all. Sure, sure. Okay, sure. so we have our dollars, right? You got your loony, your toonie, your $5 bill. It's physical. So it's a tangible asset. You can touch it. You can exchange it. You can do whatever. Mm -hmm. With crypto, cryptocurrency. So a lot of the kind of debate right now is you have cryptocurrency and then you have Bitcoin. And with cryptocurrency, you think of the same thing I just described, the dollars we exchange without thinking an eye. Cryptocurrency is the exact same thing, mm -hmm. except it's just a digital asset based on cryptographic technology, which is just like solving, say, like a mathematical problem, whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. but based on blockchain technology. Okay. So it's, it's just a digital asset that we're exchanging value. Okay. With regards to Bitcoin, this is maybe regarded like a little bit more highly regarded. Okay. Because with Bitcoin, it was, it's kind of like the OG of the industry. Started in 2009. It's truly decentralized. It's often stated as a hedge against inflation. And it's like digital gold because there's a limited supply. Of Bitcoin. Of Bitcoin. And other, other coins there are not a, a, a limited supply? Of? There are, but it may be a lot higher. Okay. They can create new coins. Mm -hmm. It may be a little bit more centralized so their team can just issue new coins. Okay. Um, but with Bitcoin, it was set at however many million, I want to say like 21 million. Oh, wow. Um, and that's it. Oh, okay. So it's basically digital gold. And why do we need this? Like, why can't I just have a dollar? Like, why do I need this right. currency? Right. So if we look at, you know, we're in a, a, a nice situation in Canada. Um, but if we look at maybe other countries, and I, I don't know the specifics really, so I won't really get into it, but maybe the amount of people that have access to bank accounts um, that isn't as high in, mm -hmm. in, in other countries versus Canada. True. So with cryptocurrency, you know, you have centralized and decentralized exchanges that allow you to, to sign up through KYC or non-KYC processes, get access to this digital bank account in a way. You can either on a centralized exchange, that's their platform. Mm -hmm. But on a decentralized exchange, you're holding your keys in your wallet. You own that. Mm -hmm. You own that. Okay. And I know there's no real regulation in crypto, right? Is that part of the... Not uh, necessarily. Okay. So it's, it's building out now, okay. I think. Mm -hmm. So with centralized exchanges, they are a lot more regulated than a lot of people think they are. Okay. Um, with decentralized exchanges, with decentralized finance, DeFi, that's not regulated okay. by any means. Okay, so what happens if the company just decides, you know, I want to disappear? Like, yeah. where, are your, where are your coins? Your coins are wherever they disappear <laughs> to, fam. Like, ex okay. especially in DeFi, that thing is, like, in the, yeah, pff, who mm. knows? But th there's people, like, I want to say his name is, like, Zach. 
Zach BXT or something okay. on Twitter. Like <laughs> okay. just like this anon and an anon is like anonymous. Yeah. Um he is like kind of known for tracking down and tracing um all these scams, right? Okay. So the thing with crypto is it's all public information. Um it's all open source. So mm. you can track basically movement of money oh. versus a with a traditional bank, can't do that. you can't do that, right? It's the bank's data. It's the mm -hmm. bank's ledger. Mm -hmm. With crypto, it's blockchain, which is a digital letter, which ledger, which is open source. Anybody can kind of see that movement. Okay. So he's kind of regarded. I don't even know if it's a he. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so depending on how they do it, how they hack you, how they move the money, you can trace it with some higher intelligence. But if they put it through like a Tumblr or something like this, it gets a lot harder. Mm, sounds like stress. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's it's why a lot of people get scammed. And yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you can get just destroyed. So what would you say are the benefits of investing in something like crypto over something like the stock market or bonds? Like what's, what's why would I choose one over the other? I think, so one, diversification of asset classes, mm. right? So with, with stocks, with bonds, this is TradFi, so traditional finance, you know, with a stock, for instance, you're buying shares of a public company. Mm -hmm. There's only a few public companies that actually specialize in digital digital assets. With crypto, you're, in my opinion, investing in kind of the future of where the internet is going. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a lot more than just investing in a public company, right? These coins and this, this value is used to transfer value across the blockchain to to fund some of the newer um, projects. Um, again, investing in cryptocurrency, so cryptocurrency is not just investing, Okay. right? It's access to currency mm -hmm. in a way, Okay. because it's digital currency that somebody who may might not even have a bank account now has uh, access to, mm -hmm. right? If you, Kigali, right? Can you transfer to Kigali with RBC right now or with Simply? No. And if you can, it's probably like hundreds of dollars. Yeah. If you are in Kigali, I can transfer you tomorrow. Mm, crypto. Crypto. Bitcoin for like, don't quote me on this gas fee, but say like $5 and it'll get to you almost instantly mm -hmm. and securely. But how do I then, how would that person that receives it in Kigali then use it? Like how, what's the use case for, like I have this digital currency. What yeah. do I do with it once I receive it? Right. So you can transfer it right back to fiat. Which okay. is traditional Dollar funds or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, 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 dollars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you just you put your Canadian funds in there, right, in an exchange or in a wallet that'll then convert it to whatever crypto you want. Mm -hmm. You transfer it accordingly in the interweb, mm -hmm. and you just do your thing. Put it back out once you're done with it, mm. if you want. Easy enough. Easy enough. Sounds easy. Okay. It's a lot. It's a lot easier than a lot of people yeah. make it. Yeah. It's a, it's honestly when I see it online, it's super, it sounds super complicated. Yeah. So what? I, I guess that's, yeah, why a lot of people haven't adopted it. Or why do you think the mass hasn't adopted it yet? I think, so one mass adoption is probably threefold, is just people, institutions, mm -hmm. and governments. So institutions and governments can't necessarily adopt majority of, of crypto because it's not regulated. Whereas people can, but... Like you said, there's a lot of noise on yeah. the internet, mm -hmm. and it's very easy to get scammed. It's very easy to 
you know, maybe lose access to your, your now digital wallet mm-hmm. um, if you go that route. And there's just a lot of currencies as well. Yeah. So for me, and this is how I started, I felt the same way. It was like super overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So I actually started in the stock market. Right, we know the stock market. You and I, right? It's good. You mm-hmm. go into whatever platform you're using. You look up the share thingy. Mm-hmm. You're good to go. It's regulated. Yeah. Like, fam. <laughs> like I know this. In the exchange has ex- insurance. I'm, I'm good. Exactly. So I, I started in the stock market, and then I moved into crypto. Crypto. Mm-hmm. And I know crypto is pretty like volatile as yeah. well. So would you say you would only recommend crypto for people who have like a super high risk tolerance or? Not necessarily. Like, if you look at tech stocks right now, <laughs> if you look at everything else other than S and P five hundred, yeah. it's probably also down sixty seventy percent. Very true. Yeah. Good. Good point. Actually. And just like in the stock market, where there's different risk levels, you know, growth stocks, what, whatever it is, mm-hmm. crypto has that too. Okay. So you have things that are a little bit more stable, like Bitcoin and Ethereum. You have altcoins, which are very volatile. Mm-hmm. Um, you have like shit. Can I start yeah. in here? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have shit coins, which are like, good luck. Yeah. Right? Like Dogecoin? Is like, I think Dogecoin at this point is is kind of a half a shit coin. Okay. <laughs> like it's like Elon's coin. Elon yeah. Musk's coin. Yeah. Okay. And if we are in Canada, because I have a lot of people uh, uh-huh. around the world, but we will speak for Canada. Uh-huh. If we wanted to invest in crypto, how would we go about it? Like, what are the steps that we would take in order to invest in crypto? Right. So in Canada, what are the steps in order to invest in crypto? It depends if, if you want to do it centralized or decentralized. And I think that's an important note to make. Mm-hmm. A lot of, it almost also depends kind of, what platform you're on too if you're learning from social media or whatever the case is but centralized platforms are platforms like binance coinbase crypto.com wealth simple um blockfi these are ones you can use in canada mm-hmm. all outside ontario one of which you cannot use in ontario yeah weird yeah <laughs> but it's because ontario securities commission has their own like situation mm-hmm. um but anyway so those platforms are centralized it's it's a good starting point i think for people um n- not to get too deep into it but a lot of beginners start on centralized platforms because it's all kind of just laid out there for you um you don't necessarily have insurance on coinbase relative to what you would have with Wealthsimple because okay. it's regulated a so, lot. So when you mean insurance, what, what's that look like? So I'll read it off um, just actually to be a lot more specific with Wealthsimple. Um, I actually got an email. I covered this in a video the other day, but... Okay, we'll link that video in the show notes as well. Okay, okay. Um... Where is it? I just want to be exact with you guys. So just to talk about Wealthsimple very quickly, it says um, our brokerage Canadian share owner is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Um, With this protection fund, I think you get up to, let's go to coverage limits. Any securities, I'm just going to read it out if that's okay. So 
any securities, cash, or other properties in client accounts are missing, CIPF, which is who they're protected by, will provide compensation for the value of the missing property as at the date of the member's firm's insolvency mm. up to the limits prescribed by the coverage policy, which I believe is like a million dollars or something. Okay. So with a lot of crypto exchanges that are centralized, they don't necessarily have that because these aren't recognized as securities. Mm. Okay. Cool. So crypto is not recognized as a security. Not at the moment. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. So, but Wealth Simple does have this insurance. Wealth Simple does. Any other of the exchanges have insurance? With crypto, I don't think so. So, so that's the difference between a custodial and non-custodial wallet in crypto. Okay. This is probably super confusing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I wish I had like a whiteboard for you I guys. <laughs> I apologize, but but she does make super easy to understand I videos do. as well, I uh, which will break it down. So I'll link a lot of them in the show notes. Yes. Um, but okay, so so if we wanted to invest in crypto, yeah. we would basically open our account with one of those exchanges, exchanges and yeah. then transfer our money from your bank account to one of the exchanges yep. and then just purchase some similar or research before mm -hmm. you do that mm -hmm. and then purchase your the coin that you want exactly okay so crypto the crypto market is basically like the stock market yeah. honestly i think in a twitter thread i related the crypto market to thrift shopping <laughs> okay like genuinely it, it, whereas the stock market was like going to the mall okay and the reason why crypto market is more so thrift shopping is because you can just keep going back and there's just gonna be like new stuff all the time mm. that's probably garbage <laughs> okay you i know? like that i you like know? the analogy when you go to the thrift store it's like whoa like i saw this in the other store it's just a derivative that is garbage yeah <laughs> but you just keep going back because you love it like you're just like i'm gonna get a deal today and sometimes you get a gem right most right. times not but sometimes you do exactly and the actual reference point is that gem mm -hmm. is your bitcoin okay and the layers you want to add so Bitcoin is that gem that's like your black blazer, mm -hmm. right? Staple. It's a staple. Mm -hmm. Whereas whatever you want to layer that blazer with, those are your altcoins, which is like Dogecoin, mm -hmm. which is I don't Solana. Know, Solana. Okay. Yeah, which is Solana. Ethereum, I think, is technically an altcoin. Mm -hmm. So you might want to go find some layers that you want to add to your bl black blazer. Mm -hmm. Some of them will will stay in your closet, <laughs> right? There's there's three things that are gonna happen. You're gonna take the layer, you're gonna keep it. Good complimentary. You're gonna take it, you're gonna wear it for a bit, and you're gonna get rid of it. Or you're gonna realize when you got home you wasted your money. <laughs> and that's how crypto works. Wow. I like it. I really like the analogy. Yeah. And how do we research to make sure we're not getting those shitty blazers and everything? I mean, no, not shitty blazers. <laughs> shitty layers. Shitty layers. <laughs> how do we, wh where do you research and how, what are we actually looking for when we research crypto projects? Right. So four platforms that you can look at when you start researching crypto in general is one, Binance Academy. It's a free resource. Um, but it has over 365 articles in like 19 different languages. Oh, wow. It's very resourceful. There's, you know, guides to blockchain technology. There's kind of everything. Um, Coinbase has something very similar. Crypto.com has a, I think like it's like CDC University or something like this. But a lot of the major platforms have these types of education outlets for free that are nice. accessible to anybody. Um, so go find something like this. Um, furthermore, actually... A lot of them do learn to earn initiatives. Which is? You get paid to learn. So 
they'll set up a module for you if maybe they want to teach you about Ethereum. They set up a Ethereum module, you finish it, you create, you um, complete a quiz, and they'll um, initiate some coins to you oh, as a result. That's cool. Yeah. So you're rewarded for learning. Um, so that's one avenue is, is check an exchange and see what type of education program they have. Mm -hmm. The second avenue is um, CoinMarketCap. Okay. So it's CoinMarketCap.com. Um, they list, well, a lot actually, but just to make it simple, if once you get to their interface, you'll see the top 100 cryptocurrencies, and that's by market cap. Or anyway, you'll just see the top 100 <laughs> <laughs> cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. um, go down that list, 1 through 10, in your first two weeks. Go down that list. Once you click each one, you'll be able to see what the project's all about. You'll just be able to see a lot of the information you need to know about projects. Mm. So continue co to go down that list. Jot your own notes. Start comparing these cryptocurrencies. You know, what does this one have to offer relative to this other one? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the times it's the actual project is very different because these coins are created for projects just like shares are created for businesses. Mm -hmm. um, so figure that out. And not only will you learn more about the coin in its use case or the token in its use case, but you'll learn about the project as well. So exchanges, education platform, coin market cap. Mm -hmm. Once you've kind of sorted out what you need to on coin market cap, you can go to media, um, not medium, you can go to Masari. Okay, I'm learning all a lot right now. Yes, <laughs> okay. get your pens out. Yeah. Um, it's all free as well. Okay, good. Um, but Masari is another cryptocurrency. Um, it's not an education platform, but it's it's basically, it also lists the currencies and the tokens as well as what the project is about, their roadmap. Um, it has a lot of the information you need to know as well, mm -hmm. who the, the leaders are. Um, so Masari is a really good one. They have a blog, which is great. Um, but cross-reference the information you get from CoinMarketCap with Masari. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing I like about that platform as well is they actually have lists. So if you want to look at, um, uh, I'm just going to say Cosmo, Cosmo's network, mm -hmm. for instance, an ecosystem, say. If you want to look at all the projects within this world, um, Masari has these lists set out for you. Um, if you want to look at all cryptocurrency projects that specialize in data management, decentralized data management, they have a list for you. Mm. And that's what I really liked as well. So you can compare within asset class um, as well as by market cap. And so, Sorry, go, no, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. And when you are looking at these things, like you're saying, okay, these focus on data management, as you said. Yeah. What do you... How are you evaluating, like, okay, I think this will be a successful project? Or, how, like, how do you, yeah, what are you looking for when you see these things? So, a lot of, I think, what you look for is, one, I'll just list out some stuff, market cap, mm -hmm. how strong their socials are. Um, is the project different from other projects within the same class? Okay. What real-world problems are they solving? Can it be adapted by the masses? Or is it just another project for the riches? Mm. Or is it just some guy in his basement having fun? Oh, does that um, happen too? Uh, 
Definitely. Oh, no. Definitely. <laughs> okay. Definitely. So anyone, anyone can create a coin? Correct. Uh, okay. Correct. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just like anybody can create an NFT. Same True. thing. Yup. That's why I stay away from NFT. <laughs> it's, different. it's different. It's a different situation. Yeah. Okay. Because of the regulation mm-hmm. and because it's open source. Yeah. Um, so what was I saying? So yeah, uh, leaders as well. Who Who's actually backing this project? Mm-hmm. Um, who's on the leadership team? Uh, where are they coming from? What's their history? And I think, I don't know if I said this already, but how strong is their social media presence and their uh, community? Um, and social media presence usually includes Twitter, Telegram, their Discord. Mm. Um, they might have a lot of followers, but is it real engagement? Are people genuinely excited by this? Yeah. Are they genuinely starving, solving a problem? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of other factors you need to consider, but those are those are just a few. And what are some of the real life problems you've seen crypto solve? Like, or some of them, yeah. Um, accessibility to um, currency is one, mm-hmm. and a, a bank account, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, blockchain has a lot of different use cases. This might not necessarily be a, a solved problem per se, but. You know, when you get your kind of ticket to an event, usually it's printed, mm-hmm. kind of keep that memory. Now with blockchain technology, we have in NFTs, we have things called co-ops, which are proof of attendance protocols. And it's just a digital proof of attendance mm. that you can keep with you on your phone, wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so just yeah. to cut you off, it's just, so would it be that the, so when we have that proof of attendance, so now ticket companies will now adopt this from like they'll start using the technology that yeah. that's that's yeah, yeah. the real life use case of it. Or yeah. Okay. Yeah, even like with retail for instance, um with some of the direction like I know Solana Pay, I believe maybe was one of the first to issue this, but um I believe retailers can provide two NFTs in return for as a kind of a receipt for purchase. Mm. So the one F- NFT is, say for instance, you go buy a nice new pair of shoes, one F- one NFT is going to be reflective of that shoe purchase that you can use in the metaverse and interact with in this digital world. And another receipt is going, another digital receipt is going to be your actual receipt. Mm. Um, but with that, they have you, you know, within this kind of system, say for instance, um, but they can... Now, with your kind of purchasing history, they can, you know, work on consumer loyalty. You know, when they have a new launch six months down the road, they can send you that message and be like, hey, you know, you bought this earlier on, Mm -hmm. which they can do now. Um, But it's just another digital way to track it, Mm -hmm. um, as well as allow you to interact with your physical goods in the metaverse thereafter. Ooh, the metaverse. (laughs) We've heard a lot about the metaverse. What is the metaverse? It's just like a digital world yeah but literally let's why why do we need this digital world when i hear think of metaverse i think of sims and yeah yeah and i think my cousin showed me it like on i don't know which one it was, but like he basically showed me the metaverse and i was yeah. like okay what like what is the point i don't really understand what the point of it is look i'm not the one to sell you on the metaverse yeah the metaverse uh look it is just i feel it also like it's just a sims game but um there's like a lot of concerts happening in the metaverse now Mm -hmm. um you can wear like those vr goggles and 
kind of get in there and engage with people. I think Paris Hilton says she's the queen of the metaverse. Oh. <laughs> she's done, like, a lot of stuff in there. She has Paris World. Um, yeah. I think Justin Bieber might have done a concert in the metaverse. Okay. Because I see, like, there's digital real estate that you can buy. Yeah. And I'm like, but, like, I just am like, why? It's like when, <laughs> it's like, if it, like, the only thing I see is one appreciation of that asset. However, mm-hmm. that might be in mm-hmm. the metaverse. Whoever, yeah. Um, but two, you can rent it out too. Oh, you can. Yeah. And then, what would the currency? One of the cryptos would be what pays you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what, it would be like whatever that metaverse, whatever say blockchain or project that metaverse is based on, mm-hmm. um, like the Central Land, for instance. Mm-hmm. Their token, or yeah, I think it's a token, but their token is Mana. Okay. So maybe the the, the currency or the value exchange to get things done and mm. kind of move around within the metaverse is likely mana. Okay. Same with sandbox. It's sand. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. I've heard of these. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm, it's fun putting the pieces together. Yes. Good. And then if I wanted to, inv- say I'm too scared to invest in like crypto or anything like yeah. that, but I still think like it's the future. I think that I want to get mm. into it, but I'm scared of that volatility. Are there any other ways to invest in the crypto industry without actually purchasing like a token or a crypto? Yeah. In the stock market. Okay. We, in Canada, we have ETFs. We have Bitcoin ETFs. And ETFs are exchange traded funds. So yep. basically a group of companies that you can buy. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but this kind of group is just going to be Bitcoin and Ethereum and whoever's managing that portfolio would have this kind of wallet or storage of Bitcoin and Ethereum. Mm. Um, but anyway, so we have we have Bitcoin ETFs, spot ETFs. We also have public companies on the Toronto Stock Exchange that specialize in digital currencies, whether it's lending, um, mining. Um, one of our greatest assets in Canada is resources. Um, so of course, mining is one of those. Mm-hmm. I invest in crypto mining stocks. Um, as well as lending. Mm-hmm. What about a company like PayPal or I know MasterCard was trying to do something with crypto. Like, are these companies that would still, that they're technically, they would benefit if the crypto industry does well. So mm-hmm. would that be an example of investing in the crypto industry? I don't necessarily know. Like, well, like crypto is not their specialization. Yeah. So maybe they've introduced that you can, exchange crypto right they've just integrated something or Mm -hmm. maybe they use like it could be as easy as and this is not the actual case but it could be as easy as using solana pay within the Mm. paypal okay infrastructure (laughs) yeah and they're like yes you we accept crypto okay so it's not they're not actually but i guess if more people adapt solana pay and more people start using it won't their stock They'll, they'll technically do, maybe do better as a company as a result. So, in terms of like on the stock market or in, and on the stock market, like okay. if, I'm saying, if are there companies that if crypto does better, they will yeah. also do better, even though they're not a crypto current company. Right. Maybe it just okay. it just depends. Yeah. Like if it's a small <laughs> portion of their business model, yeah, it's not really gonna do much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if it is their business model, of course they're gonna move in tandem with the crypto industry mm-hmm. um but like micro strategy for instance is michael's michael sailors um like billionaire okay um 
they have some like crazy Bitcoin hodl situation happening. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, I don't believe actually their business model has a lot to do with crypto. It definitely didn't start out that way. Um, I don't know much about the company, sorry, but anyway, because he's so public with his beliefs in crypto and how much they hold and um, that, for instance, would, would really fluctuate with what he says, mm. what he does. Mm -hmm. Same with Elon Musk's stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So Elon, they, something about accepting Doge for merch. Yeah. And then, like, things shot up. Like, yeah. I feel like that's why I'm scared. Things like, like... Elon can say whatever he wants, and then the value just tanks or increases. Like, it's kind of scary to put your money in that based on Elon's brain, you know? <laughs> 100%. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And I think you once you get into it, the more you realize it's just, like, there's just billionaires out there that, yeah. like, interact with each other publicly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you're interested in it, you follow it. It's To me, it's cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, your initial question was stock market. Yeah. So... There's a lot of companies out there that are getting more into crypto. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say that their crypto initiatives at the moment would have a whole lot of impact on their price action. Mm -hmm. Okay, good to know. And then without any real regulation, would you say that crypto is a wise investment? I think I know your answer, but it, I think, again, it's scary for people to want to invest in it when there's yeah. no real regulation across most exchanges. Mm -hmm. So is it still a wise investment? I would say, I wouldn't say crypto, because mm -hmm. uh, crypto is a lot of things, right? Like, I don't know how many coins there are and tokens there are out there, but let's say like 40,000. All, are all 40,000 a wise investment? Absolutely not. Hell no. Um, but do I think it's worth learning the fundamentals of blockchain technology, Web3, and crypto? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do I think Bitcoin is worth investing in? For sure. Mm -hmm. um, same with some other ones but yeah you need to I feel like especially with with our age and actually any age it's kind of nice if you have at least a little bit of portions to allocate towards it mm -hmm. test it out get comfortable with it learn more about the industry and then if your interests develop your funds develop with that so then you can start maybe reallocating a little bit more to crypto mm -hmm. um, because you believe in it right like for me my time is 100% spent in crypto. Mm -hmm. My portfolio is maybe 20% crypto. in crypto, right? Okay. I'm still very heavy in stocks. I own property too. Mm -hmm. It's still all up in there, okay. right? It's around. So just be smart. But I, I think it is really worth testing out new asset classes and learning something new and getting ahead of the future. Mm -hmm. And... I know stocks, we always say stocks are for the long term. You want to hold long term. Yeah. Would you say the same for crypto? 100%. I think your investments should be long term. Mm -hmm. other, otherwise, you're trading. Yeah. Right? So if you hold an investment, in my opinion, it should be for at least four years. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing to know about crypto is with stocks, because you can invest within registered accounts and obviously have tax benefits with that, mm. um, that's one thing. With crypto, it's non-registered investments mm -hmm. unless it's on the stock market. Yeah. So you are paying tax if you are recognizing these capital gains. gains. And for anyone who doesn't know what that means, that basically means if you're in Canada, we have accounts like the 
tax-free savings account, which is the TFSA or the RRSP, which is the Registered Retirement Savings Plan. Mm -hmm. But um, you can't hold crypto in those accounts right now, correct? No. Yeah, so... Unless it's an ETF, ETF. or... Yeah, exactly. So she's saying that you will be paying taxes if you do sell any of your stocks at a, at a game, right? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I've heard a lot about staking. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've heard that, okay, you can hold the crypto, but then you can also make money while you're mm -hmm. holding your crypto. Mm -hmm. So can you explain what staking is and like if we should be looking yeah. into it? You know, dividend investing? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Can you explain what dividend investing is for the people I, who may not know? I sure can. <laughs> and I'm not even going to explain it. Technically, I'm just going to say... When you put apples into a bucket, every quarter, maybe every half of the financial year, you get two apples back. Not necessarily, not that much, mm -hmm. but you get it. You're put, you put your funds into a bucket, and as a reward for putting your funds in the bucket, either that company is paying you out as a token of appreciation, mm -hmm. um, or the protocol is paying you out as a token of appreciation. When it comes... So that's yep. dividend investing. Simple, easy. Simple. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a good good way to earn passive income, especially when it is within a registered account, mm -hmm. because if you're investing in your TFSA, for instance, it's tax-free income. Yeah. With crypto, um, you can stake cryptos that have derived from a blockchain that works on a proof-of-stake consensus mechanism. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what does this mean? Right. So... <laughs> Um, that's just all you need to know. Okay. Like, but, um, so with consensus mechanisms with blockchain validators, um, transactions need to be validated. Okay. It's a peer to peer network. So there is these kind of like all these individuals kind of, it's like me, that's like one person. There's you, we all kind of work to make the world go round. So we like, we all work kind of together to process transactions on the blockchain to validate transactions on the blockchain. Okay. When you insert your cryptos into this bucket, you, it's because it's the protocol is proof of, or the blockchain consensus mechanism is proof of stake. Okay. And you're getting rewarded. For doing. Yeah. For placing your funds in this bucket. Mm -hmm. um, so the validator gets kind of a reward depending how you do it, and this is not an easy explanation. No, but I'm getting it. I yeah, actually okay. understand. <laughs> I'm like getting stressed because I'm like, usually <laughs> in my videos, it's like, it's so simple. Yeah, it's um, also 1 a.m., guys. Almost 2 a.m. now. Almost 2 a.m. <laughs> um, but in my, like, I can actually say it so technically, mm -hmm. which is, I think I struggle a lot when I'm just in conversation versus a video. Yeah. Um, moral of the story is, Again, you put your funds into a bucket. People do some things to validate the transaction. Mm -hmm. You get a reward because you added funds into a bucket and they were able to do the things they needed to do to make that world go around. Mm, pretty cool. And how do we do that? Like, I use Wealthsimple right now for uh -huh. my crypto. Mm -hmm. I have a very small portfolio anyways, but mm -hmm. where I can't do it in Wealthsimple. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. where would I be able to do this? Binance, um, Crypto.com. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they those were not... Those are centralized Correct. platforms. You can, I mean, we can get into decentralized. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. not for maybe the beginners. Next time. Maybe not. <laughs> okay. And if you had $500 to invest in crypto, mm -hmm. what tips would you give me What to, mm -hmm. yeah, what would I look? Actually, we kind of answered this question already. I would say, though, if you haven't maxed out your RSPs, your TFSAs, 
your $500. In my opinion, mm -hmm. if you're not so stuck on the principles of Web3 and blockchain technology and Bitcoin and decentralization, go right back to your registered okay. accounts. I like that advice. Just don't even, just go right back, get your tax benefits. Um, yeah. Yeah, so maximize your registered accounts before mm. venturing off into other things. Mm -hmm. So I know you're not into NFTs as an investor at all, mm -hmm. but could you explain to us what NFTs are and maybe explain it to us like we're five years old because I don't get it at all. Okay, no problem. So let's think about the loonie for a second. Okay. And for those who aren't in Canada, the loonie is like the dollar, uh -huh. $1. The yeah. dollar or your dollar bill, whatever your dollar bill looks like. Let's, mm -hmm. let's think about that. When you exchange one U.S. dollar with one U.S. dollar or one Canadian loony with another loony, mm -hmm. those maintain the same value when you transfer it between individuals or between institutions, whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. That is fungible. So Bitcoin, for instance, if we, we think about digital assets now, when I exchange to you a Bitcoin, you exchange to me a Bitcoin, there is no mm -hmm. loss in value. Mm -hmm it's a fungible asset with nfts this stands for non-fungible token okay meaning you have a cool pokemon card that you got for your buddy down the road mm -hmm. is that pokemon card the same as pokemon number two card right i got pokemon one you got pokemon two yeah <laughs> when we transfer it these have different values mm -hmm. and non-fungible tokens so nfts they're digital so we don't have these physical cards anymore so because they're digital on this like cool little blockchains like this table for instance mm -hmm. we can take a look at that because it's open for the world and we i can see that yours is number one mine is number two mine has like a cool hair and cool sunglasses yours I mean, that's not Pokemon whatsoever. <laughs> yours doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yours has different, yours maybe has pink hair, what, like whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Moral of the story is they're different. So they're unique assets that are non-fungible. So the value is not the same based on the blockchain mm -hmm. on this table. That can, and their authenticity can be proven because the initial creation is allocated onto that blockchain and it can be seen by anybody. Okay. And what... Okay. Okay. That you actually makes that? sense. Okay. Um, but then I get that. But then I see pictures of monkeys. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why does this have value? That's my question. Like, why does it have value? And then why do people invest in... Yeah. Why do people invest in these NFTs? Right. So there's a lot of different use cases for NFTs. Okay. So as I... Am I still explaining like a five-year-old? Yes, please. Okay. So there's a lot of different use cases for NFTs, non-fungible tokens, mm -hmm. um, one of which is going to be, you know, collectibles, which is just like the art on the wall. Why do people buy art? True. Shoot. I don't know. For, yeah. Just, you vibes, know, yeah. the vibes, <laughs> you, you resonate with, you know, the way the line was mm -hmm. squ squiggling, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But it's the same thing, right? Yeah. So NFTs can be found in collectible form. Mm -hmm. um, NFTs can be found in terms of maybe, let's talk about real estate. 
Mm, luxury real estate. Mm, no. Let's talk about a party company. Okay. Okay. This is an invite-only company. Your friend, his 10th birthday, his invitations were online. Mm -hmm. You didn't get one, mm -hmm. right? So that is, you know, access to access to different types of worlds, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another use case for NFTs. Um, yeah, there's, there's yeah. quite a... Yeah, music. Um, so... Another question I had was that we see a lot of scams in the NFT space. Do you have any tips on how to avoid these scams so we don't go broke trying to invest in NFTs? I think it's very similar to what we talked about with crypto projects. Yeah. You really have to look into what the use case is, who's behind it, how strong is the community behind it, um, and any past history that the individuals involved have. Mm -hmm. um, I think previously when, you know, er earlier on when crypto and kind of the NFTs really, really started taking off, a lot of people were, were in anons. So again, anonymous. Um, so you had no idea who mm -hmm. was backing these things. And um, I actually one project I even invested in, not invested, I did like a TikTok made me buy it situation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think I saw it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually how I got my job, by the way. Oh, really? So, yeah. Oh. Um, they saw that video. I was like, oh. But, um, but it, so one of the guys was doxxed. Oh. Uh, sorry, not doxxed. He was an add-on. Okay. And I'm just going to give you a story about why it's important to know who is involved. The one guy was an add-on. He was using a, a different name than, of course, what his actual name was. Mm -hmm. This project offered you this like crazy high APY, which immediately is ex is a scam. And APY is kind of an estimate of the percentage you're gonna make, like your appreciation, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, so the the one kind of leader of this was an anon. Everybody was in it, whatever the case may be, it was quite popular. And then he got doxxed, meaning somebody revealed his identity. Mm -hmm. And his name is Michael Patron. Okay. And Michael Patron is, I want to say, a co-founder or an early leader of Quadrica. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. And, if, and so I covered this on my TikTok very early days. Oh, yikes. And Quadrica, if you don't know what it is, it was a very early, go watch it on Netflix. Netflix. Um, it was a very early cryptocurrency exchange based in Canada here. Um, there was one guy who, I'm, I hate to do this, but passed away, okay. um, who was the founder, and Michael Patron running this thing. Yep. And what happened was the guy that, that passed away, I guess, kind of went off overseas. And with crypto... You store money in these massive exchanges, store money in cold wallets. Mm -hmm. These are offline wallets not connected to the network, so they can keep your funds secure, especially when it's a centralized platform. Mm -hmm. The guy was the only guy that had the keys to this wallet. So he, go, go watch this. I don't want to, yeah. I'm not really ruining it, but it's a public story. It's yeah. a public I feel, story. But it's called Trust No One, The Hunt mm -hmm. for the Crypto King on, on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he, what so the michael was the 
Anon that was behind this project that you invested in. Correct. There was another one who's very public. Okay. Um, Daniel Sesta, I want to say his name, or Daniele Sesta. Mm -hmm. um, the project is called Time Wonderland. And guys, look, when you go look up Time Wonderland, don't, you know, don't X me. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't investing in this thing. Mm -hmm. You can clearly see with these high APYs, these things are, are genuinely scams. They're not realistic payouts. What was the API that you were seeing? <sighs> it was like... I want to say like seventy nine thousand percent. Seventy nine thousand. No, it was it was crazy. But imagine if it paid off, right? Oh, honestly, <laughs> like there was like this Lambo calculator and everything. Guys, go. I don't want to show my account, but like, mm -hmm. if you want to see it early days, I might have even deleted it. Okay. But like, just go scroll down all the way, and I've covered it. Yeah. Okay. And I've showed the I've showed the platform because it's just such a like a joke. Yeah. So, so things like that are clear red flags that you should stay away from when it comes to investing. A hundred percent. And when it comes, and sorry, just to circle back to NFTs, mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, the community and the use case and kind of what they're selling, you have to just be very careful um, because it's not just the project that could be a scam. They could be scamming you as links. Um, they, like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of different ways they can kind of get you. So don't be, like, if you are trying to get into crypto and NFTs, don't be clicking on things. <laughs> Genuinely. Yeah. You can't just be, like, click, click, click. I heard even scanning, what are they called? QR codes. I heard people are, like, I don't know how, but, like, getting money, getting your crypto from your wallet via. QR code goes to a link. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you can't just go clicking. And one, the only thing I really do is, I go to official major platforms, their Twitter accounts. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I'll back up. One of the things I do to get the right links all the time is I go to CoinMarketCap or Masari, um, and I go search for the project I'm looking for. They have all the links there to correct everything. These things are vetted, um, and I go click through CoinMarketCap. Okay. Or, and they have their socials linked as well. Or I go to mm, their official Twitter accounts and um, click their links from there. Mm -hmm. And when you when you're clicking on these fake links, what would they take you? Like what what would happen? Shoot, I don't know. These people are devs, yeah, like developers. True. They're smart. True. I've I haven't been scammed as yet because again, I'm not like super degen crypto girl, like NFT girl. Mm -hmm. Um, my stuff is on centralized exchanges. Mm -hmm. I do have some stuff in DeFi. But not a whole lot. Um, yeah, I, I don't feel the need because, yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of other investments. I don't need to go. Yeah. Well, switching lanes now, I want to talk about your career a little bit. Because mm -hmm. I said you were, you were making enough money that you were able to get out of that 40K debt pretty quickly yeah. and then build your six-figure portfolio. Yeah. And what? how old are you, by the way? I forgot to ask. 27. So just a 27, six-figure portfolio. And you built that a few years ago, so 20... Two years ago, yeah. 24? Four, yeah. yeah. Six figures at 24. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you used to work in the oil and gas industry, but now you work in the crypto industry. Yes, I do. <laughs> so how did that? How did you get into it, and what does that look like? What, what is your role? Right. So um, like I, I, I mentioned it before, but... This project, the TikTok made me do it, uh, scam situation. I 
posted that and I kind of covered that journey and all like the tea that was coming out about it. And I wouldn't say my videos went viral necessarily, but they all had a lot of them had over like 100K and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my managers actually now came across the videos on and TikTok. I, on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I probably, I think, guys, I had 100 followers, like, I had like no followers. Wow. Um, maybe a thousand because I think right before that I posted my portfolio and that yeah, also is too low. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. Shit. anyway. So um, they saw the video and kind of reach out. At first, I thought it was a scam, <laughs> and because I'm like, crypto's a scam. Yeah. Like I, I, w- I was so uncertain, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I didn't answer. And then they kind of contacted me from the verified account, and I was like, oh, this is not a scam wow. at all. Oh. And when they contacted you, what were they saying? We have this job, we want you to do it, or? Yeah, it was basically like, we have this open role. Um, we think you may be a good fit for it. Would you be interested in kind of going through the interview process? Oh, wow. Um, let us know. It's nice to be headhunted, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I will say one thing is I know your page is about investing and kind of personal finance, but if you want to do something, if you want to get online and start creating content, and I know you can attest to this because you do it full time, mm-hmm. post that video. Please do. Please do. You hear it all the time on TikTok, whatever, and like these people get on your nerves. Genuinely post that video. Mm-hmm. I've been now working in crypto for four months. And yes, working in crypto is one thing, but now being a content creator in kind of the financial industry mm-hmm. is also another thing. Yeah. Post the video. Please do. And no matter what industry you're in, no ma- anything you have to talk about, post it. Post it. Post it. You never know who's going to see it, right? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So what does your role look like in crypto? Right. So basically, social media specialist is what my title is. And with socials, I feel like it's the modern, it's the modern way of marketing and media, right? Yeah. Um, so we work on all things like campaigns, um, video strategy, um, partnerships, mm-hmm. um, assisting with creative, um, telling the brand story, um, but also just creating content as well, mm-hmm. especially in my role because a lot of it is video-based when it does come to content creation. Um, so yeah, so yeah. A lot of that. it's a new role for me because I came from and project management mm-hmm. side, but uh, yeah. And I think a lot of people would like to like know how you even transitioned. Not well, we know that you were headhunted, but mm-hmm. like, how did you feel confident enough to move from oil and gas to this industry, not not knowing much about it? Right. So, I know a lot of people probably feel this way too, but I was ready to go. <laughs> I was ready to sprint, but um some history behind that my job was actually very stressful okay um so i worked at the new lng plant out in kitimat bc okay and i was in charge of all project uh, all retail expansion at the industrial facility and it's the largest industrial facility in canada um i opened three retail outlets a starbucks in which i also managed the construction project while I opened a lounge, I never worked in a lounge a day in my life, and while managing a store and 20 people. Wow. So, all in all, 
at the same time, I was doing all that and in charge of the finances and the budget, mm -hmm. which was a little over six mil. I'm now 27. That went on for two years. And uh, that was very stressful. So, yeah, I I got it all done in May of... May of 2021 is when we opened the Starbucks, which was super exciting. Mm -hmm. um, and after that, I went to Barbados in June. A lot of stuff happened. My, my dad ended up passing away in July. Mm -hmm. And after that, I said, I'm done. I'm done here. I've done what I needed to do here. I had great mentorship. Our vice president was my mentor. Um, and I was done. Mm -hmm. So... For a while, I was trying to figure out like what I can do, and I've I've always wanted to start my own business, but I, because I could run a business, I I knew confidently I can run a pro start and run a profitable business, mm -hmm. and I always figured why why am I not doing that for myself? So all these thoughts were running in my head, and after my dad passed, I was like, I'm doing it, and I I still haven't done it by the way, <laughs> but I but I did start creating content. Mm -hmm. And everything changed from there within yeah. within a month. Wow, just a month. Less. Like, wow. <laughs> I created my first video the last week of December, mm -hmm. started my job the last week of February. Oh, The wow. interview process took a month. Amazing. Congrats. Yay. And I know that you went to Dubai with them. Yeah. You, you've been traveling. Yeah, yeah. That was first and only work trip so far mm -hmm. um the company is great but again I think it's always just kind of nice to get ahead of industries um I kind of believe in the in the future of blockchain technology and web3 and what it has to offer and um and so it's nice to be in it full time and yeah I think as an investor and someone who talks about finance too much, <laughs> too, much. too much it's just <laughs> nice to be in it honestly, full-time. Mm -hmm. You learn a lot. You network a lot. And I think it's kind of nice from a unique perspective because I am also a content creator on my own time as well yeah. in the same industry, mm -hmm. which presents different issues. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just a lot of networking, learning from, you know, others within the space who've been in it for, for much longer than you have. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. If anyone wanted to get into the Web3 space and start yeah. working in it, are there any like tips that you would give in order to maybe market yourself or any transferable skills you learned from your old roles that are applicable there? Yeah, uh, for me specifically, especially now working in socials, one was, one, figuring out how to work TikTok. Yeah. Um, let's be real. TikTok is probably king of socials or king and queen of socials right now. For sure just in terms of reach, now they're doing ads. I mean, please, if you know how to work TikTok, and not just work TikTok, but if you know really how to be in charge of the con the viewer flow and the consumer journey within mm -hmm. a, a one video, that is so valuable. If you ha can do research, if you have project management skills, for me, that's valuable. Mm -hmm. um, but another thing is to separate yourself what are you bringing that somebody else obviously is not bringing? Mm -hmm. But also, what problems do you see on that team, in that business, on their accounts, if you are going for a social role or 
you know, whatever else that that you can come in and solve, right? How are you obsessed with the problem? Mm-hmm. So I like that. How are mm. you obsessed with the problem? Mm. That's a good way to think about mm-hmm. it. Well, thank you for telling us about your experience working in Web3. Yeah. Then my last question for you is, if there's one piece of advice that you'd give our listeners so that they don't go broke trying to diversify their portfolio, mm-hmm. specifically in crypto, mm-hmm. what would that piece of advice be? You need to do your research, genuinely. And I think you're probably going to feel bad about how long it's taking. Um, well stop sulking because <laughs> it, it takes that long yeah genuinely it takes that long mm-hmm. so unless you want to get scammed and unless you want your funds to continue to go down unnecessarily beyond just market direction you need to sit there and do that research also invest in things that you can relate to and that you're proud of yeah right when we talk about the stock market i talk about aritzia mm-hmm. right i talk about I don't know, I was in oil and gas, so I invest in oil mm-hmm. because I can relate to it. I understand it. Mm-hmm. Find things you relate to. Yeah. Um, because if you don't, you're not going to care about it. You're not going to want to learn more about it. You're not going to want to spend time researching it. And that's Fact. when trouble really starts to ensue. So true. Every company I've invested in that I didn't care about, mm. it's just been a mess. So it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Do not. Yeah, it, it, do, it just ends in tears, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, especially when I started investing in, like, weed companies. Because I was like, oh, it's the next big thing. Right. Blah, blah. But I didn't do any research. Like, oh. yeah, that was, like... Five years ago or something. Oh, five years ago, you've yeah. been investing for that long. Oh, I've been investing since I was eighteen, so wow. seven years now. Yeah. Wow, kudos but to you. Thank you, but yeah, I or eight years. I just turned twenty six today, so yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it is your birthday. Yeah. Holy <laughs> happy birthday! Thank I forgot. You. I forgot. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you, but yeah, eight years now. So I invested in weed, the uh, weed stocks, and they did not do well what? because yeah. I didn't research properly wow yeah well thank you so much for coming on the podcast and teaching us all uh is there anywhere you would like us to find you if if you want to be found where can we find you yes i want to be found your girl's (laughs) creator your girl's content creator um you can find me on tiktok and instagram at tanisha.greaves sorry i had to think for a second youtube at tanisha greaves and twitter at tanisha greaves Perfect. And I will link all of those links in the show notes so it's easy for you to access. And remember, next episode is our Coinfessions episode. So Tanisha will be answering some of the questions that you submitted. So thank you so much, Tanisha, for being on the podcast again. Appreciate you. Thank you you for having me. This is my first podcast, guys. It was a blast. Nice. I'm honored to be your first. I'm honored to sit here. Okay. Thank you, everyone. See you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed and learned something new that will help you not go broke. If you like listening to this podcast, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you're listening and leave us a review. You should also share the love. We don't believe in hoarding knowledge over here. So if you learned something, take a screenshot and share this podcast on your Instagram story, tagging at don't go broke trying and at XL Rennie. I would love to reshare. You can use the hashtag DGBTPod on Twitter to continue the conversation. And if you have a dilemma or a question about money that you would like answered, please email us at DGBT at ReniTheResource.com. This episode was brought to you by Lemonade Finance. Use my code XORENI for 10% cash back. This episode was produced by Pascal Adeshina with music by Wonder Girl.